Welcome to Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike. Thank you for joining us on our journey to become better, braver, happier painters. Today, unfortunately, I'm flying solo again, so we're going to keep this part of the episode pretty short and focus mostly on the interview. Um, Dan's schedule has been kind of crazy, but we will be back at it recording uh, main parts of the episodes in the near future. A few kind of exciting announcements. Uh, the first is that we're going to have a brand new logo launching very soon. Um, additionally, we'll have an extra bonus short episode this week because um, we had a chance to interview Master Miniworks who is getting ready to launch a Kickstarter, so that's pretty cool. I've always wanted to talk to somebody right before they kind of jump into the fire of, of Kickstarter, so that's a lot of fun and definitely an interesting look into it. But the main focus today will be an interview with the one and only Sam Lenz. Uh, it is absolutely an educational interview, and I hope everybody enjoys it. One of the things I do want to let you know is that around uh, 43-minute mark, maybe a 44-minute mark, there is kind of a weird drop. We had some technical difficulties with Skype, so we, we lost uh, you know a couple of seconds, so the transition is kind of odd. So uh, I apologize to the listeners. I apologize to Sam for that. But the interview is fantastic, and we'll see you on the other side. Sam Lenz, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be talking about miniatures, because boy, do I love to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's a pretty hard career if you don't love what you do, right? So. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, oh. about models. I hate it. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I um, the, the first thing I wanted to say to you, though, is that I wanted to say thank you, because when I, I met you at the Nova Open, you were one of the most welcoming, open person people I've met. And I've met a ton of great people in this hobby, which has been awesome. But there was just something warm about getting uh, getting to talk to you. And you could definitely tell your passion, not only for miniatures, but for also the teaching aspect of it. So I wanted to say a big thank you for that. Oh, you're you're very welcome, man. I, I appreciate. It's good to hear that. I'm always uh, I'm very nervous when I teach the classes. Um, I don't want people to feel like they've been ripped off, or yeah, I, I want people to feel welcome and and all of that. So, thanks, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> I try to be nice. <laughs> no, that's all. That, that's awesome. That's the one thing you, that if um, your name ever comes up in a conversation, it's always amazing teacher and great guy. So, you know, that's a, that's a good rep to have. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, that's, that's, that's the goal. I think, yeah, you never, uh, glad is, uh, nothing negative being thrown around <laughs> for sure. For sure. But you know, tell me, how did, how did you start off in this world of miniature painting and kind of how long have you been doing it? Oh man. Um, it was planted in me at a very early age with model, uh, airplanes and cars my dad and I have, I have two uh, older brothers so we were all into that um and my dad like he's not he's not a war gamer he's more of a car guy but so he liked you know the the car kits and model airplanes um at one point he got these these kits it's like two uh three like sandwich molds for lack of better words um and you, know, you hold them together with some some tongs, and then we would melt down lead like fishing lures and stuff, and pour it in and cast our own models. And there were these uh, these crusaders, like these knights on foot and like plate armor and stuff. We'd mold those up and you know 
paint them with our crappy like testers paints and stuff and uh and that so that like motivated my oldest brother one day he came home he started coming home with uh like grenadier miniatures and ralpartha figures and then um everything kind of really broke wide open when he brought home that first box of space marines the rtb01 to anyone who knows the the code rogue trader box one the uh yeah he brought those home and we were we were all hooked into it and I wanted to be like cool older kids. He's six years older than me, and he had some buddies that were into that and drawing, and that was really inspirational for me to get into artwork. And that pretty much that that lit the fuse right there. So I, man, I was obsessing about miniatures when I was like seven years, seven or eight years old, like, and who knows before that, you know? I mean, with the model cars and everything, and. Well, that's a great start, though, man. That's always that's one of the neat things about the hobby is how how it kind of trans you know goes through families and stuff along those lines. That's pretty cool. Now you said you were casting uh, like through lead, like for fishing lures. I mean, I, uh, my my parents, I just went, oh, that can't be healthy, you know. <laughs> we do it outside. It was like out in, in our barn, but yeah, I remember um, him having like a blowtorch, and I don't know, you know, one of these like very thick metal bowls to uh, melt all the material down. And I was just kind of watching, but uh, yeah. That, and the cool thing is recently I found all those casts again. Oh, that's you have awesome. To, you have to get the set and it's like a hundred dollars. And I'm like, ah, I need, I need to melt down lead. <laughs> you have to do it the old way, but like someday I'll pick those up. I'll cast those models, paint them. And then I've got Christmas presents for everybody. And this whole kind of full circle thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when when you were it started obsessing about uh, miniatures and and getting into painting them, when did you kind of decide that um, you wanted to take it to the next level and do competitions, or what what kind of triggered that in you? Um, that uh, I went down to Games Day in Chicago in two thousand eight, and I got a look at the Golden Demon to see where the bar was at. And it was, it was inspirational. Um, and I was like, man, I, I think I can do this. And at a certain moment, I was always looked at as like the good painter within our circle, but I played orcs. It was this quality versus quantity equation. I wasn't pushing myself. So I was like, what if I take and just try to paint something the best I can, you know, instead of trying to figure like, all right, I, I need to, you know, I need to show add to my army with the time that I'm spending on, on miniatures. So I'm trying to figure out recipes and shortcuts instead of fully rendering things. So I, you know, I took time. I had like three entries for the next year in 2009. They're all orc things that I would use in my army, even after they, they won. But uh, I, I squeaked by in the unit category with my knobs mob. I, I got um, a bronze. And I was I was hooked, man. I was all fired up, and then I heard about this thing called Adepticon, and they have a competition called the Rogue Demon there. And I was like, awesome, a painting contest. Let's go to this convention. I, I want to do that. And you know, showed up with like five entries, and I won nothing and fell flat on my face and was really uh, sad for like ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, immediately, you know, it's like, oh, you think you're good? Nah, you're gonna get pushed out of your chair. <laughs> get better, like. 
So when so when that happened to you, taking it from that point, what were kind of the challenges that you faced after you know having the success at the Golden Demon and then um, not so much at the the Rogue Demon? I guess is that what later became Crystal Brush? Yep. Yep. And then so what kind of challenges in that time period when you said okay now I need to even more up my game? What kind of issues or challenges were did you face? Um. I think, man, it's it's hard just to like look at anything as as like a challenge. I guess like I wasn't fighting to understand something; I was fighting to uh, do it better. Which, mm-hmm. hmm, I'm, I'm confusing myself, but uh, it kind of opened up the gates where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna paint whatever I want. You know, I'm painting models specifically for a contest, and I don't know. Yeah, I just I was just very hungry to like to try everything paint constantly do everything i could you know I was, I was just getting really obsessed and i wanted to make everything and enter every category and make all these crazy scenic bases and stuff that i think the, the challenge in there was kind of once you realize that you're you're painting for other people you're painting for the the judge's eye and you know you, you get so everyone gets really tied to their own work everyone's pieces is as important to them as mine is to me i i have to remind myself that every time at a you know a contest and i'm like why didn't i win it's like you you're not seeing it for what it really is because you have an attachment to it <laughs> yeah, i don't think that answers the question but... no it it does because <laughs> like, it kind of answers in two parts the first part is not necessarily understanding a technique but kind of an execution and practice side of it and so, which is where I struggle. I understand glazing, but I, I struggle in the execution of glazing, right? You know, and then the other is, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's, you get personally attached and it kind of it changes the lens at which you look at your miniature through. And so, and then it kind of changes how you look at other people's miniatures as well. So, no, I totally, I totally get, I get, I'm, not only do I appreciate it, I can certainly respect it because I, I know I struggle with that as well. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, it's good. You know, it's kind of reassuring to hear because you hear a lot of painters that used to be very successful in competitions that don't compete anymore and kind of talk about how competitions are bad. And they're, I'm kind of like, well, no, I love to compete. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm a competitive person. I yes. want to compete. You know, I don't want to feel bad about competing. You know, <laughs> I think that that comes with the experience as someone who's been to, so many contests i'm finally i'm getting into my autumn years in in that like cycle where i'm like maybe i don't care about competitions as much um they you can they can only hand out free prizes in in a lot of the u.s competitions and it can kind of drive you mad like you know that i'm getting to the point where it's like i just want to i want to do this because it's fun and painting a boot to the same detailed level that i painted the face isn't fun to me and the the way i always i look at other pieces of artwork um they have you have points of focus like the the background is blurry and i get you know details on the face and the hands is is important and uh some of these competitions like the golden demon they're looking for you know they they want a, a beautiful model and a narrative model but they want that technical execution and a lot of the feedback I got from judges was was like that, like, oh, you put a lot of focus into, you know, the 
the face, but the uh, the lower side of this model, you know, talking about a great unclean one, but the lower side of his gut is only has like three levels of highlights. And I kind of, I was like, okay, so if I have seven levels on the face and three on the gut, what if I only had three on the face? Would I have done better? That's the, the question I walked away with to myself. And it's like, is that fun? <laughs> That's, I don't know. I, yeah, I get it. But, yeah. But also, I mean, it's, it's a huge thrill. It's nice to have these, these accolades, something to show for your time. Personally, because I wanted to make a career out of it, like, I'm just doing it to remain relevant. I'm going to paint models regardless of uh, the presence of a competition. I could bring them with me. I, they're just going to sit in my cabinet at home. They could sit here and see what happens. You know, I'm playing, mentally playing Pong with myself between these thoughts of, like, does this matter? And the, well, I'll just do it anyways because success is showing up most of the time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just now kind of getting over that, uh, that weird angle. Like this year, I, if Crystal Brush was at Adepticon, I wouldn't enter. But since Golden Demon is back in the U.S., it's something fresh and new. I'm excited about it. But also, I'm like, man, I probably won't. I don't think I have any competitions lined up for the rest of the year. Right. Well, you better start stacking those lower highlights, right? <laughs> and like, what, what people see is cool. Like, I love a lot of the Blanchitsu stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, they don't have as much respect for that. They don't see it. I see the, a lot of soul in this, and it's not, um, you know, there's, there's such a wide variety within artwork. Yeah. And it's and with miniature painting, there's kind of a bottlenecking that happens with what is accepted as a good model. Uh, understandably so, but there are other uh, artistic realms that, that offer a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, absolutely. And, well, and we've kind of seen a lot more of that coming out, too, with people having the 3D model with kind of the, the painted two-dimensional background. Yeah. And a number of the, those are just, some of those are just absolutely mind-blowing, you know? You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like 2015, but uh, I had like served with Crystal Brush with like three of those, and I started seeing them everywhere. But I must add that I saw that at the Crystal Brush. I can't remember the, the guy's name. I could look it up, but he was uh, an English fella, and he had this piece called Oki, short for Oklahoma, and it was like a picture of uh, the Dust Bowl. It's this guy with like his jacket over his shoulder, mm -hmm. and you can see his his home just dust bitten, and his his dog is kind of laying next to him, and there's a painted backdrop on it. I was like, that's I really like that. You're combining two dimensional and three dimensional art. It adds so much more to the feeling. So I made sure, I'm like, is it okay if I, uh, you know, use that idea? And he's like, of course. <laughs> no one owns any art artistic ideas like that. So I know, it's awesome. I, I, I love seeing those. I actually find myself trying out some of that, even though I've never really been like a canvas painter or, or illustrator, et cetera. So it's a lot of fun. But so let's switch gears a, a, a little bit, because one of the things I'm always fascinated by is when somebody is an artist and then they transition to becoming a teacher and i'm curious as to how that kind of how that happened for you and you know how's it, how's it going and, and kind of how that impacts you man so in my my early days of painting 
I tell this to everybody at all my classes. Uh, I found the blog Massive Voodoo through Kumani or not, mm-hmm. and the main, the nucleus of that um, is Roman Lapot, uh, known as Jarhead sometimes. And I wasn't even uh, out there. I wasn't even doing commission painting at that time. And I saw that he was teaching classes, and I was just like, "Wow!" You know, I I can't, I couldn't imagine the. He's setting up his own classes, and this is like Fight Club for miniature painting, you know? He's <laughs> out there being an independent, a rogue teacher, like, setting up his own curriculum. I was just, that's wild. That, you know, it seems like a, a mountain to climb. And I started making the, the videos on Tabletop Minions with no intention, just, just to share. I'm like, oh, my friend is starting this channel. Like, we could have some painting um, videos on there that that'd be fun I'll, I'll share it with people because it's the most positive way i can interact with the world around me like the the best thing i could give to the world is this uh this talent that i've that i've worked on with for miniature painting um so i put these videos out there and out of the blue i got an email from this uh, this guy um from new york asking if i if i do one-on-one lessons and i was well, yes, I do. Uh, now I do, since you asked. And I <laughs> arranged to have him fly out and stuff. And as luck would have it, his his career at that point in time, he saves failing businesses. He's like a specialist that goes in, and when you're in the red, he brings you back into the black. And he wow. he asked me all these questions that are kind of general questions. He's like, you don't have to have an answer for this, but, uh, you know, where do you where do you see yourself in five years? Where where do you see yourself in ten years? How much money do you want to make? How busy do you want to be? Because <laughs> those two uh, things factor into each other, and it just sure gave me a lot to think about. And that that's what kicked it off. I was like, man, that that went really well. He's like, you should be charging double or triple for what you're doing here. Like the lesson that you gave me, because um, I really packed a lot into it. And from there, I. I was like, all right. I made a little uh, flyer to put up on my my Facebook page that you know I offer these lessons, and I put the flyer up once, and I got one student every month for an entire year. <laughs> and some months I had two, some months I had none, but it averaged out to about about twelve that year. And then I did, uh, yeah, another year of that, and it's it started to grow. And God, yeah. I, then I, I, I connected with CK Studios and they, they helped me uh, set up a, a class, you know, to with a lot of students out in California. And it just, yeah, that's that's how things got rolling. And they, awesome. they, they were a huge help, too. They they showed me the ropes. So it was really nice to have Kat and Caleb um, as my uh, <laughs> my guardians on that that first journey. You know, they were going to make sure they it took a lot of the nervousness away from me and they were going to make sure that things were done right. So I'm, I'm very grateful to them for that. Oh, yeah, and they were very, uh, we actually interviewed them last week and, uh, that's, we actually, we, we talked a little bit about you. Uh, <laughs> oh, just, uh, that, that's, and they were very yeah. excited to be a part of your journey. They, they, they were, they, they were very, very highly complimentary of, uh, of you as a person and you as an artist and teacher. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That rules. <laughs> yeah, that's actually uh, Dan and I, my co-host. We met in a CK Studios class, and so we've kind of been friends 
since then. So that's kind of what we, we blame them for. They were like, if the podcast sucks, it's, it's Caleb and Kat's fault. Because <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, um, it's great. So, you know, uh, one thing I, We'll do a little plug here, I guess. You have a, a Richmond area class coming up shortly, right? And well, in June. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, at, awesome. At, at Battlegrounds in Midlothian, which is yeah. like just outside of Richmond. You're you're coming to this area too. That's and it, Battlegrounds is a really nice store. Uh, so that will be uh, that should be a pretty good experience. Hopefully, if there, uh, we'll advertise it at the end too. If there are any seats left, so um, awesome. we'll make we'll make sure that people know know it so now let me ask you this part of that finish with that question but i, I want to make sure that how did uh so now as you're teaching how has that kind of impacted you as an artist oh man it greatly increased my ability um, when you're teaching you're seeing things through another set of eyes you know just, just like i imagine uh parenting to be you know things that are boring become interesting again you know, when you're showing something to someone for the first time. And it made me, I really had to develop my vocabulary. I had to be able to explain what was happening on my brush. Because, you know, up until a certain point, it was just all in my head. And I'm never sitting down describing what's going on. It's just uh, becoming this kind of unspoken, uh, in instinctive, like, you know, um, connection with the, the paint and the brush and all that. So being able to describe what's happening and being able to describe that in five different ways, because everyone takes catches information differently. A lot of, you know, I try to use a variety of like metaphors and short sayings because it's, it's hard to keep people's attention. So I try to make, if you're going to make a point that people are going to remember, it needs to be five words or less. I'm still working on that in some in some areas, but uh, teaching is very rewarding. And I have to say, my favorite moment um, it was at that first CK class, and it's happened since then. But a student had a question, and another student turned around to help them answer their question. I walk over, and they're I couldn't have said it better myself. Like what? So watching someone pass the learning on to somebody else. That was just like a really, yeah, that was, that was the best feeling. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, that, it, it's a great, it, it's, there, it seems to be a, a, a lot of painters' journeys to go from painting to teaching. Um, you know, it's kind of a neat, it, it's a neat thing to, to see because yeah, sharing art is just an awesome thing, you know, it's and sharing knowledge as well. Yeah. So let me ask you this question then. Why did you pick Twitch instead of, say, like a Patreon or... Uh, something along those lines. Hmm. I don't, yeah, I, um, I don't have like a good answer for that. I guess I can't remember what I was thinking. I started it like 22 months ago and I do want to have a Patreon. It started with aspirations to starting my own YouTube channel. And then I, I heard about Twitch because uh, Miniac Scott had a Twitch stream at the time. And I checked it out, and it just it looked like a lot of fun, and it also looked like a way, like I'm I'm not good with technology, I know, but now at this point I know how to how to do what I want to do. So I I'm going to be starting a, a Patreon, and I've upgraded my equipment and all of that. 
yeah, yeah, just choosing Twitch, it just seemed like uh, I liked the the conversation. I liked the hang. I've I've always wanted to have my own uh, show, like a a podcast or or something. You know, it's fun being on the Tabletop Minions channel, and yeah, that gives me a chance to hang out and paint with people. I I have friends in all these foreign countries and states that are thousands of miles away now. Like people that I would actually call my friends. It's it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And please when when you do launch your Patreon, let us know. We'll make sure that, you know, any listeners for us know it and we'll make sure we advertise it for you because that's gonna be awesome. Um so that uh, along kind of those same lines, but this one's always I'm always curious about this. Um and I even I think I asked uh Shoshi Bauer who was our first interviewee this kind of question too. And what is you? How do you decide what to paint on Twitch? Good question. Uh, I stopped taking commissions, but you know, in the earlier days, <laughs> six months ago, uh, <laughs> way back when, I was like, "Yeah, woo!" I, uh, I was like, "Well, if I, I can kind of double down on my income if you know people are subscribing and I'm working on a commission here live." It seems like a an efficient use of my time. Um, being an independent artist, you you have to think about money. <laughs> it's a, it's not a fun thought, man. I wish we could all just uh, live in a utopia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, just how do I decide what to paint on Twitch? I don't I don't know, man. I just. I go where the muse takes me there. I, I don't put a lot of thought into it. Um, lately, I've I've been holding my competition pieces back and keeping those off of Twitch. And um, just to, you know, drop the bomb at the at the Golden Demon. It's nice sure. to something fresh that people haven't seen for whatever reasons. Um Oh no, that's that's awesome. I I always wondered about that too. Like if 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 artists that still compete that also do like videos and such, how many of them are we seeing? Are we going to see those pieces at the shows, or is there something coming? Do they got something in their pocket? You know, <laughs> right? And you'll, you'll notice from a everyone's a little bit different, but yeah, a lot of these other artists will post uh, little previews, like oh, I just started working on Golden Demon. Like I would might want to put money that that picture is actually three months old, but now at this point in time with it being right around the corner people are starting to drop little previews or you know right before crystal brush you'll see like a silhouette of the piece they painted uh mm -hmm. it builds excitement it's that's fun no I, I, absolutely i know like i think like vince ventrella like he paints his for like the stuff he paints that you see it shows a lot of times too in competitions it's just everybody's got their own flavor right they're how they want to handle different things yeah um Normally, I'm I'm super open about it, but yeah, this year, like mm -hmm. I'll try playing this one close to the chest. But yeah, Vince has like a video preparing for a Golden Demon competition, like with the model he painted. So, right, that is a little different. Open book. <laughs> it's all good. No, I actually kind of like the suspense side of it. You know, I wish I was able to go this year, um, but you know, next is always next year. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing all the pictures of all the pieces that get done. You know, I'm sure the because it's the first time, the level of the pieces are going to be insane. Um, you get people from all over the place. <laughs> oh my God, it's it's going to be staggering. Um, I I will pray for the judges because that is not going to be an easy job. 
I bet they have 300 entries at least. You know, Crystal mm-hmm. just had in the in the 200s, if not more, and yeah, Golden Demon will be no exception. Yeah, and I don't know how things like because like I know ReaperCon, which runs the same time as Nova Open, they had over a thousand entries in their painting competition. You know, so I don't know how those things are going to translate now. Like people went to that. Jeez, I didn't think ReaperCon is that big. If if each person has entered two pieces, that's still like five hundred uh, artists. Right. Yeah. No. And that's uh. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that, that how many because I was watching them on the the on Instagram. And they were just kept posting like table after table after table after table of uh, entries. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. So it's just a it's a you know, it's a good time to be a mini painter, you know, in, in the U.S. especially, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, um, you people are lucky. <laughs> All you new folks, man. YouTube didn't exist when I started. And I, oh, yeah. I'm i like you, though. I My introduction into this was I bought. Um, all my friends were in, and my brother were in the D and D and I really just couldn't get into it. And so this guy at a, a store in Virginia beach called bit of England said, Hey, look at these guys. These are for another type of game. And he handed me a box of the rogue trader one space Marines. And I, I was, I, I kind of nice. did it for a few years and then I took like 25 years off. But, um, yeah, I was like you, I was, I saw, I still have all those Marines too. Um, so <laughs> I was like $15 for 30 space Marines. That's what a world. <laughs> oh man yeah these days people have they're they're very lucky that's the only time i wish i was a little younger ever or i'm just like man i wish all these youtube tutorials existed uh sooner than they did even simple stuff like washes washes would have been nice too but <laughs> I was like right? back in the day. you know because if you read white dwarf it only said oh we used an ink wash i had no idea what the hell that meant like, I don't know what an ink wash is. Yeah. And the people at the Games Workshop, or there was no Games Workshop stores. So, and not least in the United States. So you couldn't get any answers. Yeah, man. I'd like to see a graph on that with the uh, the curve of, like, quality in uh, miniatures. And it's a, it's a miniature painting renaissance. Like, it's the best time to be getting into this. Everything is at your fingertips. And, you know, thanks to the internet, it's it's been uh, really conductive for the skill level, and, then, and it's crazy now to think that you can just a couple clicks of a button and you're ordering miniatures from like young miniatures in Korea, you know these amazing busts and things along those lines. And so it's like holy crap, <laughs> you know. Or um, there's a couple of amazing Russian companies and European companies. All of the stuff that you know back in the day. I mean, you'd have to hope you came across a catalog or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Man. And made a phone call. So when when we had and this one, I'm actually curious about this because I know um, being an artist and being an artist that's what you do for a living. It's kind of, it, it's and we've talked a little bit about it, but when we talked at the Nova Open, well, you had mentioned that you were constantly on the go teaching and promoting, and it was exhausting. I wanted to check in with you and see how things were going, you know, with you. Um, and if yeah. I, I don't know how, you know, we may, I may be able to delete this question. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not sure it came out right. <laughs> that is all good. Cause yeah, I remember, I remember that. And last year I told myself at the beginning of the year, I was like, all right, heavy lifting, dude, you are taking on everything you can. It's almost going to kill you. This year is going to be hard and you're here to work. You know, I knew like with the setting up with the CK studios and being able to teach at all these different conventions and uh, 
you know, appearing on other people's podcasts or channels here and there. Yeah, my head was just spinning. Um, and this year, and but I knew that the more that I poured into that, the, the more streamlined the following year would be. So I'm able to reap what I've sown a little bit this year. Um, it's It's kind of uncomfortable in a way because I'm used to how last year was. I, it was like, I'm a little anxious that like things aren't just um, coming from every direction, but it, it's a good thing. I have to stop and remind myself of that. And I have a, God, I've got like uh, eight events set up already and that's not even the entire year. But yeah, yeah, last year, man, I the only way I got through it was knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. But it was, I would not change a thing about it. It was a thrill. I, I got to go to Games Workshop. Man, yeah. Nova Open. Um, it do all these new things. Go all these, these new places. Get stuck in airports. I've experienced every kind of, like, flight disaster outside of a plane crashing. <laughs> or my things just being stolen out of my hands while I'm walking somewhere. Like, I got stuck at the Toronto airport for 19 hours. I had to sleep on a bench, like, ah, man, it's, I, and I'll get people that come to me sometimes, and they're like, wow, Sam, like, it's really cool, the stuff that you're, that you're doing, uh, how can I do that and have your job, <laughs> basically, and I'm like, you son, daughter, you need to go sleep in an airport for a fortnight and then come back to me, <laughs> like, you gotta get, you gotta get your scars, you know? I can't just hand this to you. You can go to Michael Jordan and be like, "Wow, you won the you won a basketball game. Um, how can I be good like you?" <laughs> exactly. Well, it's gonna take a few years. Oh yeah, no, they had, and oh my god, I didn't even realize that. You know, it, it, it's airports are a horror story most of the time to begin with. But yeah, they know you certainly have paid your dues. That's for sure. I mean, nineteen hours in an airport, I can't even imagine. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> You know, hey, you know what though? I mean, it's it it feels like it's paid off. At least I know uh, you're you are certainly a, a very very well known artist and and much talked about, which is great. You know, that's a good that's a good thing. Is, yeah, that's that's good to hear, man. I've I want I've always just wanted to be um, one of the names out there. You know, I I envy or. It's a lot of I admire, not envy. There's a lot of artists I admire, and I look at at their work after they've passed, like Frank Frazetta and and so on. And yeah, yeah it's it's a it's about having a, a legacy and a positive relationship to the uh, to the world and giving something, you know, to the uh, the people in a in a productive way. <laughs> if I can get real philosophical about it, <laughs> trying to get deep. Um, that's all you know i one of my favorite moments at the past nova open was um we were upstairs at the award ceremony and before it um you were sitting next to me and then uh vince and then uncle adam sat down and you leaned over to me and were like you know we could do some serious damage to youtube right now (laughs) (laughs) i know man those uh one year at the Crystal Brush Awards, my friend Tom turns to me and he's like, 
if I threw a hand grenade right now, I would eliminate 80% of the uh, North American painting scene. If there was like 30 people in that room. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> we have dark humor. But yeah, yeah. hey, you know. Oh, yeah, but it's it's funny, man. The uh, It's that, that internet connectivity, the, the microcosm. But we all uh, find this little island now. You know, you can cross such a great distance without having to buy a catalog or whatever like yeah absolutely you know and it's it's an amazing thing to be you know chatting with somebody in germany about pain you know what i'm saying just to me it's yeah. my, my my youngest has a friend who moved to germany and they talk they see each other every day because they have this kids chat thing and they chat every you know i'm like oh I, this just boggles my mind that person when i grew up moved to germany you never saw him again you know, that was it. You might get a letter for the first three or four months, but that was it. That that relationship was over, you know? <laughs> and now, yeah, I've, I have a friend in Peru that I Skype with, Peluca. Like, we've never met in person. Uh, but we have, yeah, we'll just hang out on Skype, and sometimes we're painting. I, you know, I do this with uh, my buddy Ian sometimes, and it's just crazy, man. Um, you know, up until that point, like, miniature painting has always been this... Uh, Pretty solid. It still is a very solitary activity, but uh, it doesn't have to be if you don't want it to be. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm hoping that let you know as we build momentum with the, the the podcast that we are able to start encouraging people to get out and go do paint clubs and things along those lines. Get not necessarily sit at the computer, but go interact with people and paint with them and have a good time. But there's nothing wrong with a Skype painting session for sure. That's that's still yeah. connectivity. It's awesome. Um, like, yeah, I look at like the um, the Blanchitsu crew, like the um, the guys that make Inquisitor Twenty Eight. They're from all over the world, and they'll have these meetups. They're like, "All right, we're all meeting up in uh, Helsinki to play Necromunda for a weekend, and John Blanche is going to be there." And they come from all around, you know. And yeah, it's, that's just so cool, like pulling that many people together from such a distance to do just to have fun and do what you love. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, and I'm, I'm really happy to be on this podcast. When I first started started out, I would, it was just me in my room painting alone for years, but I, I had podcasts to listen to that were focused on at least gaming, you know, rarely on, on painting, you get a little hobby update, but it's still just, just that, uh, having that conversation in the air was still, was just motivating for me to sit down a little bit longer, you know, get a little more interested in what I'm doing. So hopefully this provides that, you know, for somebody else, just some uh, miniature related, some hobby related chatter that you can paint along to. Exactly. Oh, you just, you, 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 you have totally kind of summarized what Dan and my goal is, is just, you know, something to listen to while you paint, you know, for sure. Yeah, but I want, a... I want to ask you some fun questions now, if that's okay. Ooh, all right. All right. You know, they're not that fun, but you know, they're, they're... <laughs> so, <laughs> if I were to, if I were a paint company and I said I want to make a Sam Lens paint, what would the paint's name be? What color and why? Um, <laughs> man, this changes with the day and <laughs> with, with my mood. But uh, today, I would green is my favorite color, and it's a color the the human eye notices the most variety within green. So I would have to uh, go with the green and let's say 
Humboldt County Green. <laughs> we'll call it that, right? <laughs> and then maybe tomorrow it will be uh, Nightmare Black, and it's like a deep green color, like uh, Vallejo Deep Sea Blue or um, Coal Black from P3. Those colors mix well with just about anything I throw into them. Right. Um, yeah, you, you go through phases and cycles of uh, colors you enjoy, I think. And right now I've just been stuck on green. <laughs> it's associated with growth as well. And that was that was a focus that I carried through last year. Oh, it's a, it's actually a fun color to play with too. It's you know, it, it each of the colors has their their different challenges, but uh, green is such an interesting thing that it can, you know, you can easily get into the blue, work a little more your yellowy, you know, with a. I know I've always found that uh, green transitions are easier to see, you know, and easier to understand. Yeah, it, maybe. It gets cold and warm and just still looks right. You know, where if I, I make a cold uh, red, there's only so far I go before it just becomes blue or purple. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's awesome. But, okay, yeah. So we, we've green. got Humboldt County Green from Sam Lentz. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Sativa Green as well, but, you know. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever. That can change, too. It's never... Uh, Never, uh, uh, like, set in stone, for sure. So then if I were to say, okay, pick a mini, any mini, whether it exists or not, or something that you'd want to see and paint it, what it, what would it be? Man. At this point, like, I'm just sitting at a buffet watching all these beautiful things just come past, come past me. I'm looking around. It's like, I got, like, 20 different models in various states out here, and they're all just... Some of them are busts and single miniatures. They're beautiful in their own way. There's just an abundance of miniatures that are that deserve paint. But to actually answer the question, I'm taking a sculpting class after Adepticon with uh, Patrick Mason. Okay. Uh, Masan, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but I'm really excited for that. I enjoy sculpting, and I want to sculpt my own model to teach classes off of, you know, one that's specifically designed to have the materials and surface areas that will make the lesson easy uh, for the students. And it's also like, it'd just be a good feeling to, you know, show the other part of that craft, like, hey, I sculpted this model that we're working on as well. You know, it's that much more uh, unique and special. So the model that I'm going to sculpt, that's what I want to paint. Okay. That's a, that's a great answer. You know, I, it, that kind of um, answers what my next question was going to be, which was going to be, if there, is there something out there that you would like to see a model of that hasn't been made? Man, right? That's, God, I, <laughs> I'm just going to draw a gigantic blank right here as I think about the possibilities, because the imagination, man, I can, that's the, you know, the biggest challenge in uh, in a miniature painting at this point for me is not the the techniques it's the challenge of imagination i go somewhere i look at something and i'm like i could have painted that but i'd never think of it and that's even bigger to me than just executing the paint job it's that that challenge of imagination so yeah god what what could i want to see a model of i want to say conan and then i look to my right and there's a conan miniature <laughs> <laughs> It's, or now it's, there's like 10, you know, like there's a, yeah. something I've seen so many different versions of Conan now. 
you know that but that's that's a good point and it's it's almost it's almost like if you think it and then you search it you find it mm-hmm. nowadays you know what i mean and especially in the world of uh my co-host just went down the rabbit hole and purchased a 3d printer and so now he's kind of stuck uh constantly printing battle tech mechs and so, yeah. <laughs> i'm like What'd you uh, paint? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Did you work on the podcast? Nope. I've been printing. You know. <laughs> once, yeah. Once I get more into sculpting, I would really like to. I. Everyone's got a friend who's got a three D printer. If they don't have one themselves, like, hey man, make me a ninety millimeter skeleton. Even if it's just a stick man, this little framework that I can sculpt on top of. I see a lot of potentials in that way. Um, that's pretty God. Cool. Yeah, that's you, a good idea. I want to make more like dioramas and scenes going forward. You take these, you see a model by itself, and then think about what you can do by combining it with another figure, a figure of uh, an opposing scale. Get get some Flames of War models, right? Some fifteen millimeter um, army troopers, and now a Bloodthirster, and the you know the portal of war has been opened from all this. Uh, World War II bloodshed or whatever, and like you create some really uh, creative scenes, and then you throw kind of the motto of our podcast is better, braver, and happier. And so, is there a kind of a a piece of advice or a summary or something that that you could give our listeners about how to continue down that road? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, the average uh, miniature painter, I think they're trying to produce armies. So, I understand that you might want to rush things sometimes, but there's a quote from a Stephen King book, Insomnia, where the one of the side characters tells the main character, he's like, everything I do, I rush through so I can do something else. You know, and it just clicked with me, and I was like, yeah, why, you know, enjoy the process, enjoy the time that it takes to do something right. It's going to be that much more rewarding when you look back at, at something. And also, like, you will you will become a better painter by by trying to just take things a little bit further. When you say something's done, take a, an extra ten minutes and just add one more level of highlights. And it's gonna be we're working in concentric circles as we create these gradients. So in theory, you're covering less and less of the model at a time. So you know you've got uh you've got ninety nine miles that you've traveled. Go one more mile, <laughs> you know, and just. Push things uh, a little bit further. Don't get hung up on perfection. Not every piece has to be finished. If you're if you're lacking in an area, such as edge highlighting, all right. Tonight I don't work on my army. I've got this. I've got a door from a tank or a turret or something. I'm just gonna edge highlight that piece, and that's all it has to be. You know, not every sketch has to become a fully rendered oil painting. You know, I I just want to stress that people enjoy what they're doing because this is a meditative activity this is a hobby that you know you got into this for the enjoyment you know before you got lost in comparisons on the internet and you were just a kid sitting cross-legged on the floor painting in your bedroom <laughs> you know never knowing that you'd one day meet roman lapata i might be getting a little specific but just follow me <laughs> you know just, <laughs> just remember why you started and what, why you're doing what you are doing if you're you're bored, pick up something else. You know, just go to the shop. What looks cool? I'm gonna take that and paint it. <laughs> There's a whole handful for you. Yeah. 
excuse me. That, that's that's fantastic, man. I appreciate it, and thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, it's it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed meeting you in person and now getting a chance to chat with you. Oh yeah, man. It's it's been a blast, man. It's yeah, really uh, glad to have made your acquaintance. Dan and I would like to thank Sam Lens for joining us today. Follow him on Facebook at the Fantasy Art of Sam Lens on Instagram at Samson Omas. Catch his live Twitch streams Tuesday through Thursday, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. You can also check out his upcoming class schedule at Sam Lens Artwork at BigCartel.com. All of this will also be in the show notes. I have taken two classes from Sam. Trust me, they're worth their weight in gold. We'll be back later this week with an interview with John McAvoy of Master Miniworks to talk about their upcoming Studio X Kickstarter. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Listening to Paint Try. If you have a comment, question, idea for a show topic you'd like us to cover, or just tell us what you're working on, drop us a line at listeningtopaintry at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Like or follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you could be so kind, we could use some good reviews. To be a better, braver, and happier painter, it's pretty simple. Remember why you started this journey and the joy that it brings you. Until next time. Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPTWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. Download from the free music archive on a non-commercial attribution share alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.